0: Welcome to So Many Bits. I'm your host, Bill Nielsen, and joining me from his, for the time being, palatial three-bedroom apartment in Chicago is Dan Schiffmacher.
1: Dan, how are you? I'm doing well. Soon it will not be palatial. No, it won't be my place. It'll probably still be palatial. Probably, yeah. It won't be my palatial apartment. You have good taste
0: in apartments. I I think it will retain its palatial quality, and you will spread that palatial quality to your new residents.
1: Yes. Uh, We shall see.
0: I I guess we'll have to.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I hope hope to find a place that's worthy of the word palatial.
0: As a quick reminder, So Many Bits is brought to you in part by the Second Wind Collective. For more quality podcasts like this one, please visit secondwindcollective.com for details. Now, Dan, I think this is the first time you've been on since we implemented this feature. We're going to be going into screen watching.
1: I was outside watching some dear frolic. You don't even care about the outside, do you?
0: So for this, we take a look at one episode of a television series that features video games in some way in like related to the plot. It might just be like a throwaway gag or it might be the central element of the plot and analyze it. And for this we're gonna be looking at Futurama. Anthology of Interest 2, Season 3, Episode 18, originally aired January 6th, 2002. And with these, they have done a few of these Anthology of Interest episodes. They're all uh, what-if stories, like Mm -hmm. just putting the characters in different scenarios because, you know, science fiction does not allow that opportunity enough as it is. Kind of like Treehouse of Horror. Yes. Simpsons, yeah. Yes, exactly like that. So the professor has a literal what if machine, and then they will watch. The cast will watch what happens when they suggest the scenario. And for this scenario, Fry uh, suggests, "What would the world be like if, basically, if there were more video games in it?" And although he has trouble formulating the question, we, we I think we skipped past that in our viewing. He's like, "What if there were more video games in the world?" And then the professor insists that he rephrases it as a question, and he's like. Uh, what if it was like that thing I said? And then, uh, we, we see, uh, apparently they, uh, aliens are invading, but they're video game aliens. So we see Donkey Kong. Yeah. We see, uh, Qbert.
1: You're Donkey Kong, Qbert. Um, who is the green guy? Was that like a, I feel like that was just an Atari guy. I feel like that's the enemy from the Robotron game. Okay. Uh,
0: there is, a. The ghosts, the Pac-Man ghosts. ghosts Pac-Man's on our team, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pac-Man's working for us. Unlike in Pixels, where Pac-Man is an enemy, we have Pac-Man and Ms. Pac-Man on Earth's uh, side for this one. Mm. Good. And so uh, the thing that really struck me about this, uh, this segment was that they are just throwing every possible video game joke they can in, and just there's no time to even... Right. Think yeah. about one until I was s- another's happening.
1: I was say it hit it over the head, and but there were reference after reference after reference, and like even to the point where they had to in order to get into to the um, to the military area, you needed a blue key to get in, and so I thought that that was. And so there's a lot of cool kind of game uh, references uh, through that, and just hit some sound effects too that were just like very subtle. I thought.
0: mm Hmm. mm Hmm
1: yeah there's uh, like all the
0: they're making all the waka 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 noises mm. and the there's a space invader segment where they have the authentic space invader sounds of the uh the like the alien car at the top and the, yeah. the guns and all of the bugs moving back and forth
1: yeah and then they uh i I don't think it's a, a space invader's sound effect maybe it is um when the stairs come out of the sh- spaceship. There was some sound effect there that I don't know what that was, but I don't. I think it was another reference to something else. I can imagine. Yeah, there were so many flying that I don't know
0: that I mm-hmm. picked up on all of them. Some of those games, are like I just, they're too old for me. I ha- I haven't played a, a few of them.
1: Yeah, I played a lot of Cubert when I was younger. Really? Yeah, uh, they had it for a Nintendo, and um, and so any kind of Cubert reference, I'm I'm always down for.
0: Excellent, excellent. And so in the end, uh, just a. Uh, we're flying along, but this episode was flying along. Like they, they have like seven minutes yeah. to get through this thing, and they are not wasting a second. Like the aliens invade, Fry gets drafted as like the leader of the Earth Defense Force because he knows all the old school video games, mm-hmm. and he's uh, battling the space invaders. But in the end, they land on Earth, and uh, just landing on Earth ends the invasion, war over.
1: Yeah. And they just wanted to do laundry. That's kind of the end of that. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. It, it it's kind of falls flat. It's like they went with their first draft of how the conflict would end. They're like, well, what's going to happen after the aliens win? Well, they need quarters. Because, you know, it's an arcade game, but, but yeah. why do they need quarters? Uh, to do laundry, because you use quarters to do laundry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very relatable for city living, I'll admit. For but. sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, it just didn't... There's like, well, that was the, like, even the announcer comes in and is like, wow, that, that was the
1: ending. Okay,
0: and we're done here.
1: Yeah. Um. I, I thought it was interesting, too, that, like, I don't know, there's a lot of cool things about about that. And I think it was a fun bit. They had a lot of kind of stereotypical, you know, like, it's this year, I've got my... uh whatever, cola or whatever he said he had. Uh, Two-liter bottle of Shasta. Shasta, and then uh, <laughs> a, ta- a cassette tape with Rush. You know, mm-hmm. that's like 80s stereotype video gamer to two, a T, uh, which, you know, it, it, it's evolved a little bit since then. I mean, like, I know my brother, little brother, plays a lot of video games, like uh, Call of Duty and stuff, and he has, like, Mountain Dew. And then, you know, so it's, like, just shifted... Yep, yeah. Uh, I mean,
0: Gamer Fuel was alive back then, just as it is today. Maybe not as nakedly marketed towards gamers as it was then, though. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. So, Dan, for these episodes, we, we rate them on three different categories from yeah. a scale of six to 10, as with any video game. Mm-hmm. Now, there is uh, accuracy how accurate is the presentation of video games to real life gaming, condescension how much is the episode making fun of gamers because that's kind of a typical trope for these sitcom episodes and cartoons and stuff. Yeah. And entertainment. Did you enjoy the segment? So uh, let's start off with accuracy. Uh, How would you rate that? Six being completely inaccurate, 10 being extremely
1: accurate. I'd say like eight or nine. I'd say say eight, solid eight, I guess. I mean, that's that's pretty, I'd say nine. If I'm gonna say, I'm gonna go one way. Nine, I think nine because it's accurate enough uh, to how the games were played and how you know he played in an arcade cabinet. So, so that's what I—that's my opinion, I guess. What do you think?
0: I guess I'm going to be a bit harsher. I, I would give it a seven. Uh, yeah. I would say that yeah, Fry playing on plays on a Space Invader cabinet, and that looks pretty true to form. But everything mm-hmm. else is aliens invading Earth. So that oh, okay. not not so much uh, accurate to
1: uh, how video games normally work. True. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. The whole world was a video game versus uh pl- them playing it.
0: And then uh for a condescension, uh for a six, you do not think it was condescending towards gamers at all. And a ten, you think it was extremely condescending towards gamers.
1: I'd say I I I don't know. I, I guess I'd give them it give it an eight, because there were times when it was uh, probably straight up do the Shasta Cola thing, and that's kind of a little like Haha, gamers this is what they're all like. Mm-hmm. Um, and but there were you know times when they're literally in the game, so you know there's uh, there were other two that many other moments that stuck out to me as like that jumped out as like a Shasta Cola moment where it's like typical stereotypical stuff. Um, so I guess to give it an eight. Yeah, I would I would go innate as well
0: because on one hand they're counting on Fry to defend the Earth, but on the other hand, Fry is such a loser and portrayed as such in this case where he's like talking about how his eyes bled from playing too many video games mm-hmm. and his uh, his all Rush mixtape. Yeah, the Rush is cool. Let's not confuse that element. Yeah, okay?
1: I mean that's got to be clear. If there's anything we should be clear about is that Rush is cool.
0: Yeah, and then lastly we have. Entertainment, how much did you enjoy
1: the episode? I give it a, I'll give it a, uh, I'll give it a nine. Uh, I enjoyed it. I have a very t- hard time giving definitive, like, ten or, you know, like, nothing's, you know, not everything's great or nothing's, you know, bad about. It. Um, so I, I'd give it a nine. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it went by pretty quick, and I thought there were a ton of, I love references, especially if they're done, you know, well, uh, you know, I, the, the Pac-Man as a general thing. Was was a uh, you know pretty fun and then there was of course like the, this is my last day of work trope when not, everything's great. <laughs> <And then laughs> of course he you know gets shot and then uh, uh, he dies the way that he dies in the game I thought which was uh, yeah
0: that that's Pac Man that dies that way yeah
1: like he like is a reverse circle and he just yeah um and and then my one of my favorite favorite parts was like where Fry takes a break he's like go go. Uh, Go um convert the widow Pac-Man or something <laughs> the way that he said it, it was I thought it was, it was pretty funny but overall that was entertainment entertaining it was a uh, there was a lot of other references in there like Mario in Italy was um, I thought they was going to do more with him, but you know uh, I, I thought one of my favorite parts too was I thought it was a really cool attention detail was when Donkey Kong goes uh, to the top of the building and he jumps like they do in the game, he jumps on it and the, the building just starts going into like the girders kind of uh, part of it. So I thought that was um, pretty cool. Okay, all right. Uh, I would be a little bit harsher. I would give it
0: a seven. Yeah. I uh, felt like it was a lot of jokes by men in their 40s and 50s trying to remember like video gaming from when they were kids.
1: That's true.
0: And like, I guess Fry in that universe would be the right age to have played those games, but it just... It, it felt like they were just spewing out every every reference and every joke they could make without like any sense of cohesion. Mm. I don't need an, an elaborate, involved plot, but yeah. it does help to connect from A to B to C. Like the characters were like just showing up in new places, just instantly to just facilitate the next batch of jokes, pretty much. And I didn't really dig that. The one thing I did the, enjoy was uh, the one alien says. Have you smelled Donkey Kong's link cloth lately? And Zoidberg flatly says, "Yes." <laughs> that,
1: that was my favorite line from the episode. Uh, yeah, the that's um, fair. I mean, we're also two kind of different gamers, too. You know, I, I really dig into the nostalgia Nintendo stuff. Where you're pretty, I'm up to date with PC gaming uh, and, and doing that kind of stuff. So. Um, yeah, uh, just different different, uh, different things.
0: Absolutely, yes. And so that concludes our screen-watching segment. Hope you enjoyed it, Dan. Maybe we'll have you yep. back on soon to look at another episode of something else. Sure, yeah, yeah.
1: Now we're going to be moving on. Uh, hey, Dan, what you playing? Hey, Bill. Uh, I have been playing a lot of Doom recently on the Switch. Uh, that's a game that I wanted to make sure that I beat because Wolfenstein 2 comes out for the Switch soon, and I don't have a PS4. Uh, so like these games and the way the Bethesda like I love the Bethesda first person shooters and um, you know I just wanted to beat Doom before uh, uh, Wolfenstein uh, Two comes out. And I know these games have been out you know for a good amount of time, but um, yeah, I've been playing a lot of that. And then I before that I, I beat uh, Steam World Dig Two. I was really awesome. I love both Doom.
0: I love both Doom and SteamWorld Dig Two.
1: Yeah, SteamWorld Dig Two was just it was a fun game and for someone who likes to collect a bunch of stuff like I was like trying to 100% getting everything and then uh, at the end of the game if you get all of the artifacts uh, they're called artifacts right I think they're artifacts yeah you get all the artifacts you there's a secret like challenge uh, thing uh which yeah the trials trials which is just it's so hard i I could not beat those i I, had to give up i found i found a way to to kind of to beat it uh there's because i because i would always run out of health and it was just like um so i i just like spent forever mining down there and just getting like they're just going through like a cave and getting constant like Blood hearts or whatever it's mm-hmm. called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can sell if you have the right uh, power up or whatever. You can sell them for, uh, for health. Uh, right. Yeah. You can. Yeah. You can discard them like in the a half dungeon a for or, like yeah extra or something. So uh, I got enough of that to to warrant you know because you have like the initial kind of thing and then you can get that that extra boost of that was a I was able to like get but like I thought the hardest trial from that one. I thought, I mean, there was a lot of hard ones, but like one of the ones that kind of frustrated me the most at first was the running and the jumping off the wall thing. That was the one that made me give up, yeah. I, that was not a technique that I was using at all through the entire game. And then all of a sudden it was like, yeah, just, just do this thing. And I had to, I looked on YouTube for a minute, you know, to see what was, how, just how exactly you're supposed to do that. And it's just, it's, it's interesting because like that was, that was frustrating, but that was tough. But I did beat it and I, it's the first time, I think, in the most recent memory that I have completely 100%ed uh, a game. Um, and the thing you get is proof of completion. It's an artifact. It's like, <laughs> uh, I love that game and all the hidden references they make to different things, and with, especially with the artifacts and stuff. Um, and I, I'm kind of going through Doom a little bit. I'm almost done with the game. I think uh, I'm in Titan's Realm which has got to be close to the end there. Uh, I would say there are like three big boss fights, and if
0: you've had a boss fight, I think you'll know what I'm talking about. I have D- faced one giant
1: demon thing. I think. Wait, right, hold on. Sunday is like their day. I don't know. Eh. They're fun. They're fun people. <laughs> Fuck up, you're moving out. Yeah. Be really rude. You know, uh, and we can cut this out too. <laughs> a back, part of the back window fell off of our house. Oh my god! A week ago. Oh my god! It's still there. <laughs> like I think. I think it's still on there. the ground. or It's on the ground. Broken glass. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, okay. As far as I know, it's still there. I haven't looked out, but like our landlord all week was like, "Yeah, I'll get to it. Uh, I gotta come and see, come by and see if we can temporary fix." I'm like, "No, man. The back storm window fell out of the house and broke. Oh. There's no temporary fix." Like it's the know, the windows back there are kind of, and for me it's just like yeah I'm moving, so it doesn't bother me. Mike and Alex are still staying here, but hmm. um, we can cut that out. Um, yeah. Doom. Uh, so you have faced
0: one boss. So he's it's one big demon guy. Yeah, the cyber demon. A uh,
1: huge thing. You kill him in a in the real world, and then you go through the portal or something. And you're in the same place in like hell. And then he comes back to life and you have to fight him again. Is that, w-
0: I think that's what I'm talking about. That one <laughs>
1: was the biggest, I think so far that I've faced, I'm sure there's going to be the the woman that uh, Olivia Pierce. I have to probably face her. And then there's, I'm, I'm willing to bet the robot guy at the end, but it I sounds don't... a lot like Optimus prime. Yeah. 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 Is the same voice actor? I don't know. I uh, don't know. Um, but I thought it was interesting that they kind of put this all this lore into this game. And it's still... I mean, I play a lot of it handheld. It still looks... Pre- I mean, it looks pretty good handheld. Um, I haven't tried... I play a little bit on, on uh, docked. But um, yeah, I love the collectibles and the different... Like, That's my favorite part is when they kind of introduce the collectibles and don't have just like... You have different kind of weapons and, and, and stuff like that. So it's it's a lot of... And the, up, the RPG, like upgrading all the weapons and different things, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, and I played Wolfenstein on the ps4 the first one right yeah my friend my roommate who is my friend my friend pete who's been on the show before um he had it so i played that and i beat that and i really i really like i really liked how they did that and so we'll see do you have did you play wolf 2 i did I, I played all the way through it it is
0: an okay game but a crazy story That that's uh, yeah. what i would have to say about wolf 2 okay cool I'll have to check that out. I am hope they had DLC for that, right? Or no? They did. They have, like, these three side stories that you could do in addition to the regular game. I, d- I didn't really ever get into that, though. Yeah, I wonder if the
1: Switch version will have... That's. I hope they have the DLC included with that game.
0: That would be fair i think when coming
1: out seven eight months later yeah
0: yeah it should be like wolfenstein 2 plus or wolfenstein 2 complete or something like that right yeah that's to justify
1: a full retail release at this point for sure yeah for sure um so we'll see um because that's what doom kind of was doom was like a game of i don't think they had dlc for doom but there was a game of the year or whatever um yeah i don't know those that's that's what i've been playing uh recently so what about you bill I well, you were there for it. We we
0: yeah. uh, recently had a game night over at my apartment, trying out some different multiplayer games. Mm-hmm. Some of them are ones I've talked about before that we uh, have played before. So there was some Dragon Ball Fighters played. Yep. Uh, we played some Video Ball. Still,
1: uh, still Ugh, a big hit. Man, that game is so fun.
0: Mm-hmm. Video mm-hmm. Ball. Look it up. Play it if you haven't
1: if you haven't played it yet.
0: Yeah, I would I would strongly recommend Video Ball. It's like five bucks on whatever systems it's on, and it's Really uh, gets people uh,
1: pumped. Right. And developer video ball, put it on the Switch. I'm not going to buy a PS4 for video ball, but I will buy it on the Switch. <laughs> it's, the perfect, it's perfect for it. I mean, there are lesser games that are coming out in the eShop, but, you know.
0: At this rate, I'm sure it'll make it out. Like, yeah. everything is making it out on the Switch now that it's been proven as like a... like A, a seller. You know, yeah. yeah, seller. Now people are like, okay, we are going to put our game on the Switch. Mm-hmm. So I would expect a video ball at some point. Uh, we played Puyo Puyo Tetris. Talked about that in the past too, but that game is a lot of fun as well. Mm-hmm. I feel like every time we play, like people are pretty good with Tetris. Like I think pretty much everyone who's picked it up understands Tetris to yeah, some extent. For sure. And then like it's pretty hit or miss with Puyo Puyo.
1: Yeah, it's. It, I, I, I think I, I feel like I'm doing. I'd be doing pretty good in one of them, and then but someone's doing better, and it just messes you up. If you oh, play yeah. the swap mode or something like it just. It'll break your stuff if you, uh, you know, it'll make it go uh, up and everything. If, um, but fun game, yeah. Yeah, and then we we tried a couple
0: new games this time. One that did not work out so well.
1: What was that game that we tried playing? It was
0: we played Wild Guns Reloaded. Oh, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, it looked pretty cool on the box, and I know it was kind of a hidden gem on the original super nintendo they you know hdified it they added a little extra for this ps4 release we were playing mm-hmm. had four player mode but the gameplay just maybe with a little more time
1: it would have made more sense and been more understandable but yeah my character was doris and she only threw grenades so you have a few different character types yeah she just threw grenades and made things blow up but it seemed like it was one hit kill Yeah, one-hit kill, you have a shoot button,
0: you can move side to side and jump, and you're in the foreground of the screen, and in the background are all the enemies, so you're like trying to line up a cursor and shoot them, which, man, with all the different stuff that was going on, I had a lot of trouble tracking my cursor. Uh, Yeah, for sure. It didn't feel like my guy, like I thought I had a shoot button, but sometimes it just wasn't shooting, and I couldn't figure out why. It's the wild guns, I don't know. Uh, Yeah, I guess so. Ace is wild. Sometimes you in the chamber is a bullet. Sometimes uh just do nothing and die. It's you air, know? Yeah. But huh. yeah, we we tried it like three times. Mm-hmm. Like just starting the game, and we'd die in like five minutes. We'd lose all our lives. There were no continues. It was just go to a game over, start the game over. And we're
1: like, we're well, this isn't very fun. Let's play something else. Yeah, that's and that's I mean, that's what I guess game night's for, right? You try to figure out, you know. Some games work, some games don't. But the following game afterwards was pretty great.
0: Oh yes, yeah. Afterward, we tried Crawl. That is, uh, it's been out for a little while, I think. Like it was out on Steam originally, yeah. And then it came out for uh, PS4 and Switch.
1: Yeah, it's on. I saw December 2017 is when it came out on Switch. So I don't know if it came when it came before, but
0: but that that worked pretty well. So that's a. You're in a dungeon. Yeah. And you're one of four players. You can play with like AIs. As some of the players, but it feels like you really want to play with four people,
1: right? I feel like it would—it just—it was more fun with the four four of us, right? Yeah, four of us playing.
0: Yeah, and you're trying to escape the dungeon so you can fight a big boss and kill that boss and like save yourself. Yeah, but the the kick here, the twist here is that at any given time, only one of you is alive. One of you is alive as, like, the the human player running around cutting stuff, finding loot, getting items. And the other three are vengeful spirits that you can uh, get, like, you can just drop little weak minions into the the dungeon. Or you can possess different, like, traps and spring traps or even just, like, chuck barrels at the human. Yeah. Or you can go to, like, pentagrams and summon from, like, a small subset one of, like, three monsters. Yeah. And, I mean, that
1: was what I, I thought was really cool. Like, uh, what what are they call? I'm trying, there's a type of gameplay that. Um, what kind of gameplay is this? Is, is, is this type rogue like? Rogue-like. roguelike? but there was um, they did they, they use this word a lot with the Wii U with the asynchronous. Maybe it is asymmetrical. Asymmetrical. There you go. Asymmetrical gameplay where you you know you're if you're a ghost and you're you know you're, you want to get these different orbs and try to possess different things and you want to kill that guy. So everybody's trying to do something different. And one of the th- interesting parts I thought about the game was when, let's say, you're a human and you're trying to, like, you can warp and upgrade your equipment. What, the longer you take upgrading your equipment, the more the ghosts can fly around and get these different orbs to get, become stronger. Yeah. So you want to try to make your decision to read your stuff, you know, to get, get out of there as soon as you can. So, or other, or otherwise, the, the, other, the others um, kind of get stronger. It was such an interesting game. And a perfect use of a roguelite, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And there is even, like, a give and
0: take where if you're, like, the human and you're doing well, you're gaining experience and your character is leveling up, getting better stats. Mm -hmm. But as you level up, the ghosts, the spirits, they get this uh, thing called wrath, where they get more wrath points. Mm -hmm. And then every time you move further through the dungeon, go to a different floor, you can spend your wrath to upgrade the monsters that you can
1: summon. and each monster kind of has two different paths. You have, like, if you want to do you know the two different mods I guess in this case you you have a different this one type of monster so if you go that route you have to upgrade that monster all the way uh and then so every time there's a lot of re- replayability cuz especially cuz the roguelike nature and um you know the uh that and just the um the RPG elements really real this game was such, such and the art style itself too was more kind of um I want to say 8-bit. Um, definitely pixelated
0: style. Yeah. That was definitely part of it.
1: Yeah. Remind me a little bit of the Celeste art style,
0: kind of. Yeah, yeah. Where they're aping that Nintendo, Super Nintendo style, but they're adding in more graphical effects to fancy it up.
1: hmm Very blocky.
0: But yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was pleasantly surprised at how well it went over. People were enjoying playing it. People were enjoying watching it too. Just like there were, because it was only four people, but there were six of us. So it's like people were watching and being like, oh, you got to go up there, look for the exits, look for the exits, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So yeah, I will definitely look forward to playing that again the next time we have a game night.
1: That's, I would say that's my pick of the week. If, do we do pick
0: of picks of the week? <laughs> Not normally, but well, we can do one this week. Hey, hey, pick of the week. Pick of the week. Uh, but those are the games that I've been playing lately. Cool. So, Dan, at this point, before we move into our new segment, uh, you're, you're ready. You uh, know. Um, yeah. You knew.
1: I felt the magic.
0: Yes. You, the, the Magic Minute is upon us. Bill's Magic Minute is where I, Bill, uh, discuss Magic the Gathering, the card game, for one minute without any context or explanation, just to get that all out of my system, and then we'll go back
1: to our regularly scheduled video
0: game podcast.
1: Sounds good. Are you ready, Bill? I'm ready. One, oh, crap. Hold on. One, 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 <laughs> 60 seconds on the clock, starting now.
0: Last week, a new uh, expansion for Magic the Gathering was announced, and we are going back to Ravnica. So Ravnica is a well-known uh, city or plane within the Magic Universe where they've had two sets previously. I'm a little concerned because it feels like the things that made Ravnica special originally that there were multicolored cards, a lot of multicolored cards, and they were giving the different color combinations like a very thematic identity have already been done and done multiple different ways now. So it's not like there is necessarily any new ground to cover. And it also foretells that there are going to be more, I think, return to X stories or sets to come in the future, which we've had quite a few of those already. I would really hope that we're going to continue to... We're going to continue to keep exploring new worlds and find new variations on the standard fantasy tropes. I think there is a possibility we're getting too set. And
1: there we go.
0: All right. That's it. So now we're going to be moving into our last segment, the final boss segment, where, Dan, you and I are going to talk about one upcoming game or article or news event that's happened recently to just uh, keep current with the world.
1: Yeah, the world of games.
0: Yes, and there was a pretty... I think a pretty big news event that happened recently where a lot of the upcoming games that are going to be shown at E3, the Electronic Entertainment Expo for 2018, were leaked.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, this I, I, this is kind of something that just, you know, the last few weeks leading up to E3, it's always something, you know? It, this is always yeah. like, you don't know if it's true. If it's not, I remember Rabbids leaked last year. For switch and everybody's like whoa i don't know about that um but this was a whole list
0: yes yeah so a walmart in canada evidently had a list of like upcoming titles that were probably going to be like pre-order possibilities for the rest of 2018 and they showed a bunch of stuff that had not yet been announced people were skeptical about the list however one of the more shall we say unlikely games on that list rage 2, the sequel to a kind of middling shooter from uh, last generation was a real thing and like as soon as that leaked the company behind it bethesda just got out in front of it and they're like okay rage 2 it's gonna it's gonna happen (laughs) look forward to that yeah which lends a lot of like
1: uh validity to the rest of the list Mm -hmm. and i mean i guess leaks in general too like uh what, Splinter Cell was on there. Um, what else was on that list? Uh, Borderlands 3.
0: Uh, so there's a new Splinter Cell title, Just Cause 4, Dr- uh, a title known as Dragon Quest 2, but that's probably referring to Dragon Quest Builders 2, Destiny Comet, so like a, maybe another Destiny expansion, Borderlands 3. Assassin's Creed, just Assassin's Creed. That's the only thing it's listed as, but probably another Assassin's Creed title. Mm-hmm. Lego DC Villains. Interesting. And the Rage 2 that we already talked about. Here was the weird one, Forza Horizons 5. Now, what's strange about that one is there is no Forza Horizon 4. Mm. And then uh, interesting Gears of War 5, also on that list.
1: Oh, that's, not, that's a big one for microsoft right that's uh it's like one of their flagship kind of titles
0: yeah yeah and i guess what also would be a little strange about gears 5 being there is that i think gears of war 4 came out after halo 5 so you would expect that halo 6 would be coming down the chute sometime soon but we haven't really heard anything about it and it doesn't sound like there are any plans to announce it soon
1: it's, when did Halo 5 come out? Xbox One X?
0: Yeah, that was out on the Xbox
1: One for sure. Uh, let me see if I can... I feel like they were advertising... I remember... I think. I feel like I had to watch the trailer for this game. It's like Master Chief is in, for some reason, in the desert, in a robe, and you don't know who <sighs> it is, and then something comes out of the sand, and then he takes off... the Pulls down the hood of the robe, and it's... The Master Chief's helmet. Halo 5 came out 10 27 15,
0: and Gears of War 4 came out 10 11 16. So now we're getting, we're definitely getting another Gears of War, if this is true, before uh, the next Halo. Huh. But yeah, uh, that's, you could look at that two ways is that this is a list of very predictable sequels, and that, and these are. Just emblematic of that, or Walmart is making an educated guess like someone there knows about video games, and it's like, I'm pretty sure these things are going to come out this year, and they're putting in like working titles and placeholders for what they think
1: will show up later. Yeah, it's interesting. I think and, and I guess what it's, my my the thing that I want to talk about is, is, is I guess related to 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 this in a little bit, and um, very leak heavy as we get close to E three. Uh there was, you know, for po- uh, for Nintendo the Pokemon uh Switch rumors of uh you know there are like logos that leaked um quote unquote. Uh you know, um where it's Pokemon Let's Go Eevee, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu yep. where um you essentially it seems like it's a um and there was like a it was like a blurry screenshot that came out a few weeks ago. Um, but, uh, you know, I guess you are kind of, it's Pokemon Yellow kind of remake. It's in Kanto. You're, and you could choose Pikachu or Eevee. Um, I never played Pokemon Yellow. I think the, from what I remember, the only difference between Red and Blue with that is that your character was Ash, uh, and it was kind of off the anime a little bit, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
0: in theory, the main character from Red, Blue, and Yellow should be just Ash. They technically are... A different person named Red slash red, Blue, yeah, and Red, yep. But yeah, I guess this would maybe be leaning into that even more, mm-hmm. which would be kind of interesting. Is like if you have like Misty and Brock hanging out with you, going around with you to different towns and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, it's I, I, I you know, I don't know. You know I think I, I want what everybody wants in a Pokemon Switch game is is really great-looking, photorealistic, like, Pokemon adventure, open-world thing. Uh, Maybe, you know, maybe they're not going to do that. But if they do it this way, I hope that they take advantage of the power of the Switch and, like, make it just a massive game. Like, put all the regions in there, you know? Like, just... I don't know. What's the point of, you know... what This leaked, but did it say it was Switch? Like, what if this is just 3DS? This has almost
0: gotta be for the Switch. Like, they even just put out Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon last year I I can't imagine they're going to put out another generation on the 3DS yeah I don't know I mean they did say yeah you're right I could and they did announce in the past that they're working on the new Switch title we just didn't know what it was last
1: E3 they kind of casually mentioned it before throwing the Metroid Prime 4 thing in their face Um, (laughs) yeah Yeah, I don't know. So that's uh, that was a thing. And then Star Fox uh, Grand Prix was yes. something else that kind of was uh, in the rumor mill of, of things.
0: Count me as one of the eight people who actually seems excited by this announcement. I am very hyped for another Star Fox game. And they've made a lot of recent Star Fox games that maybe aren't so good. And this one is maybe a chance for them to go in a fresh direction and really... Bring the franchise back to the quality that it had like twice ever.
1: Well, and one of the questions we've been asking for years since Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze came out was what is Retro working on? And then they said Metroid Prime 4 was coming out, but then they were like, No, this is not Retro, they're doing it's a different new team of people. I'm like, Okay. So what are they working on? And then it was the answer to the question for a while was a new IP. And it was like, okay. And then now the rumor is that they're working on this Star Fox thing because they're game that they were working on wasn't great it didn't work or it was getting too much development problems or something potentially yeah as these things kind of go it could have
0: been like they repurposed some of the material from that struggling game uh-huh. into the star fox grand prix could be like, yeah. salvaged what they could yeah. and then nintendo was like oh you can use star fox if you want sure why not
1: yeah, I hope that's the case. That way their time isn't, like, wasted, you know? And I'm <laughs> yeah. I'm interested to see what it's like. Like, you know, when this time around last year, there was kind of all of that Mario Rabbids thing, and I was like, ah, what, what is this? Uh, and, but now, you know, for me, like, looking at it, like the type of game that it was, and you had it for a little bit, didn't you? Uh, I did, I did.
0: It didn't stick with me. Mm-hmm. I, I ended up, uh, like, eBaying it but I did appreciate like the craft that went into it. Yeah. And I think I could see other people enjoying it for sure.
1: It was a well-made game. I feel like I would check it out if it wasn't, if it was like a, on sale, you know, for like 25, 30 bucks, I, maybe I would check it's it out. It's getting down there. Yeah. I don't know if
0: it'll ever really get down there. Cause right. it's got Mario in the, the title. Mario,
1: yeah. Yeah. The Mario price. Yeah. I mean, smash brothers for 64, still 50 bucks. I think, yeah. uh, yeah. <laughs> um, more than that, probably if it's an original card for N64
0: and GameCube, yeah, those go for like I think 70 or 80 bucks. Like Brawl goes for like 30 or 40. I don't know about the Wii U, but like the 3DS, I was as recently as last week, I was like, hey, 3DS Smash Brothers on sale, $28. Like, mm,
1: come on, <laughs> I don't know. People love their Smash, man. yeah, I know. And we got a new one coming in a month, like just the idea, like more information would be this come. Coming real soon. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, I'm looking forward to that as well.
1: But so, like, the point, I mean, I, I was skeptical about that, and it actually turned out to be a decent game. You know, it wasn't just some silly, you know, thing. It was well well made. So I'm wondering, I'm open-minded to this Star Fox thing to see what it was like. I remember my brother had the 3DS game, the 60, Star Fox 64 by 4 or something. No, that, that was the Mario one. It's it Starz Fox 64 3ds or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. And they had a cool battle uh, mode in that where you can like uh, download, play, and, and and like just take it out and play. I enjoyed playing that. You know, flying around shooting people. So if they kind of have, from what it sounds like, this is that it's not going to be a. Uh, Mario Kart kind of clone or anything. It's not going to be like F-Zero. I guess there's a boss battle at some point, and you can shoot people. There's a lot of interesting things flying around. So. What I'm hearing is that it's closer to Diddy Kong Racing than yeah. anything else. And I never played that. They came either. They came out with a GameCube game. I don't... I don't was there two games of those or just one?
0: There was the one for the 64, and then I think they did a, a version or like a port of it for DS.
1: Okay. I think. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. It, it, it was... Um, so, you know, I'm interested to see what kind of what they're saying. I, I still think there's probably a few, like, things that, like, you know, last year they did. Yeah, so I'm open to, you know, what, what this, uh, what, what it's about. And, there's, and like, there's probably, um, like I said, they did this a little bit last year with, like, they just had their presentation. And in the presentation of, like, games of people playing the Switch and all this other stuff, they just casually threw Rocket League in there, you know, and, and just showing people playing it. Um, I think I would be wouldn't be surprised if they did something like that again this year, uh. But with throwing like a Fortnite in there, you know, or or a, out of this left field would be Cuphead. I don't know if that's even possible. But Nintendo and Microsoft have been pretty friendly recently, so I it's
0: know. yeah. I mean, never say never. It's my understanding is that Cuphead is pretty pretty tied to microsoft and right. how it was made so mm-hmm. uh but i could see fortnite for switch that i could see 100 percent. and i think that would be a big win for them if they could make that happen and it's like oh you can you can dance you can do a mario dance you can oh, give Mar- for sure. you can yeah. give your character mario hat yeah like, I, mean, I think
1: that would be big for them and they just put thanos in there or something didn't they recently or something
0: which i heard was kind of actually interesting like yeah. the
1: way it played out yeah, I haven't seen the movie yet and I don't know, you know, what his emotes were, but um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Know.
0: Spoilers for how Thanos emotes in Infinity War can be found in Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: but yeah, I think that's I mean before we go down the path of E3 predictions, uh, you know, that was that's uh, make yeah, you know, makes make sense. I, I, another kind of thing that came out and uh, it was just an announcement, I guess, was was uh Call of Duty. Um, which we haven't mentioned, but um, they're switched just to multiplayer, pretty much.
0: Yeah, yeah. The, uh, evidently, they were not satisfied with how the in individual or story mode was working out for people. So there's like, well, we're just gonna make a a multiplayer game this year, I
1: guess. Do they still do opposite development studios like Activision and Infinity yeah. Ward, or is it different groups? Treyarch. So Activision runs the
0: they own Call of Duty. The okay. company Infinity Ward, they they after Modern Warfare two, they went off on their own, became Respawn, and they are now making the Titanfall games. Ah, uh, okay. And the people who make Call of Duty are uh, Treyarch and Sledgehammer, I believe, are the two.
1: Okay. And they still do the kind of opposite year thing.
0: Yeah, I believe that's still how they do it.
1: Huh. And this is who's who is it this time? Treyarch.
0: I. Think so because I think they did the other uh, Black Ops games Treyarch did.
1: Okay, yeah, they still yeah. It's, so it's and with that multiplayer thing, they they have a whole they had a whole thing about them changing and and like upping the game of what battle royale is.
0: Well, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. My my limited understanding of Call of Duty is that's not very conducive to a battle royale mode just because it's you die so fast yeah like and you're like maybe that makes it so that you can play like a hyperdrive game in like 3 to 4 minutes or something crazy like that but part of the joy i think people took from pubg player on battlegrounds and fortnite to a lesser extent is there's like tactics where you can like mm-hmm. plan stuff out and like kind of see where things are going to go sometimes before they actually happen
1: yeah, and, and and they're very different games, too. Like, I mean, both Battle yeah. Royale, but, like, Fortnite, you're, you've got magic powers and building things. Like, you're building things. There's there's all kinds of... Well, the whole building aspect in general in collecting resources to build that versus PUBG. You're kind of just... You're, it's kind of got... PUBG is a little bit more of a Call of Duty feel, I guess, in that sense, because it's more of a military kind of, like, hiding out and, you know, getting gear and... and, and Not as much of that kind of arcadey type aspect as Fortnite, so Mm -hmm. that's a whole episode. Just a battle royale like episode that'd be interesting to talk. Because there are other ones out. There's one that's coming to the Switch, and it would be the only one until unless like you know Fortnite comes or something. But there's a lot of interesting stuff to talk about with that.
0: We need to get someone in here who knows a lot about battle royales. I just don't know that very,
1: very much about them. Yeah but I think it will be pretty cool, yeah. I've, I haven't played them, but I've learned, I've made a ton of videos because I work you know, for them for uh, the freelance thing I do. But uh, yeah, so that, I think that's a lot, of, a lot of the news coming around this week.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, so that brings this episode of So Many Bits to a close. Now, Dan, if you want people to find you, either electronically
1: or in person, where can they find you? uh in person uh for the next few months i'll be in chicago illinois so come on by and have a cookie we have plenty of cookies left over from game night uh man they they were good they're really good a uh electronically you can i would say i'm all over second wind collective so do like check that stuff out um i have a podcast called talking wild with dan where i interview animals Uh, i used to do it weekly now it's kind of like when i have time to i'll put an episode out uh, I should have one coming this out, coming out this week. Uh, I, I definitely have the interviews, so I just have to edit it and get it out there. But um, yeah, I'd say just check out that podcast, check out that stuff, uh, and uh, check out, you know, support independent art. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's that's my my plug. Bill, awesome. where where can people find you?
0: <laughs> uh, well, uh, we can be found by email at so many bits podcast at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, we're so many bits on there. Follow us on Twitter and Tumblr at so many Bits. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Please rate and review and download from SoundCloud, from Spreaker, from YouTube. We play games, twitch.tv slash so many bits. Typically, Magic the Gathering online. I try and work in some other variety of games when I can. Uh, stuff I've played on there is like Celeste, Cuphead, Super Mario Odyssey, things like that. And last but not least, please check out the rest of the Second Wind Collective for other quality podcasts. Support independent art. The spirit of Dell compels you.